Hello, my name is Farron Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. COVID-19 is on the rise again in Ireland and that is alarming. And we've been asked by the government to close our churches for Sunday worship. And I know that's disheartening to so many of our people. During the first lockdown, which lasted for nearly three months, uh, we used online services to great effect. And so at this time, uh, we've asked our parishes to go online. Many of them are doing that. And the diocese itself will be conducting services online. And so the series of services, which I hope you will enjoy, uh, will be compilations of live streams that took place when we were able to go to church in uh, the summer months uh, and also taken by clergy and uh, lay people uh, in their own churches uh, at this time when we're closed. At a time like this we need to keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. In the Psalms we read, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so we pray for ourselves and we pray for the needs of our community and our country and the world at this time. In the strong name of Jesus. God bless. And this week's service is going to feel quite a lot different to what we normally do. But we're going to try and focus in on our teenagers and the 20-somethings in our uh, parishes. I don't know if you saw the Late Late Show the other night, but if you did, you might have seen the Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Tony Houlihan, quite a famous man in our land these days, but you might have heard him saying that the, the youth of our nation have been shouldering a huge burden during this pandemic. And he was really making the point that every aspect of their lives has changed in almost every way. And so we want to kind of reach out to them today but more than that we actually want to hear from them so we will be hearing from them in a little while i'll also be talking to scott evans who is the church of ireland chaplain for ucd to get his perspective on how things are for our young people at the moment but as we enter this uh, new phase with level five restrictions uh, i pray that as we worship today you can draw close to God. We know he uh, doesn't socially distance from us. There are no restrictions when it comes to approaching him. So as we begin, we're going to look at a sentence of scripture from the Psalms that will be important uh, later on in our service. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Together, lovely, all together. 
I asked our second and third level students uh, to give us an idea of what life is like for them during this pandemic. So I asked them two things. First, I asked them what the hardest thing about life in the pandemic has been. And then secondly, I asked them maybe to give us one positive thing that has come from all this. Here's what they said. The hardest part about living through this pandemic has been not seeing people as often. Not being able to see my friends and wider family. Not being able to see my friends and family. Not being able to see my friends. The loss of face-to-face -face contact with friends and people in the community. Not being able to visit friends and relations. I used to live a very social life and now it's a bit lonely stuck at home all day. To go from living in college with six of my friends from home and seeing them every single day to just sitting at home alone doing college work is a big change. The hardest part of living through this pandemic was the not knowing of what was going to happen, who was going to get the virus and how it would affect them. 
One of the most difficult things about living through this pandemic is being unable to return home as much as I used to. I'm also living away for college as well, which just really makes it even more difficult to get home to see my family. The hardest part about the pandemic has been not being able to do the things you take for granted. For example, seeing our friends every day, going shopping, going to parties, going to the cinema and going on holidays. The hardest part about living through this pandemic has been doing schoolwork online and not being able to socialise with my friends. Being able to see my friends and wearing masks. One of the hardest parts about living through this pandemic is waking up to just put a mask on and go into school. One positive that can come from this has been we have more appreciation and gratefulness for things we've taken for granted for so long. It's given us a whole new perspective on things. A slower pace of life and more quality time with family. Spending more time with my family. Able to spend more time with my family. I got to see my family a lot more often because I go to a boarding school. I'm getting to play with my pets more. I got to spend more time with my family and help more on our farm. One positive thing that has come from all this has been that I have more time to relax and spend quality time with my family. Before COVID, everybody was busy working, doing other activities. And when they weren't working now, since lockdown, my whole family is at home and we get to spend quality time together. One positive thing to come from all this has been it has made us all appreciate simple things that we do all stay for granted. Having time to think and reflect on our lives People are being more hygienic and washing their hands. One positive thing to come from all this has definitely been all the time it has allowed me to focus on my college work. I have very little distractions and nothing else really to do other than stuff for college. The hardest part about living through the pandemic for me was not being able to see my friends as much and not being able to go to school. And one of the positive things about it, I guess, would be no school. Every day we are one day closer to normality.
Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, earlier in the week I spoke to Scott Evans, who is the Church of Ireland chaplain uh, for UCD, to get his take on young people's lives in this pandemic. And here's how that conversation went. All right, I've got uh, Scott Evans on the line here. So I'm going to get, uh, before we get into things, I'm going to get Scott to introduce himself. He wears a number of hats, as it were, so if you could tell me the there's one hat in particular we're most interested in, but if you can tell us um, what you're asked, that would be great. Yeah, sure. My primary role is I am the uh, Church of Ireland Chaplain to UCD. So I've been doing that since 2015. Um, so uh, on campus in UCD, I uh, offer spiritual direction, pastoral care, uh, as well as organizing, organizing events like uh, interfaith gatherings, ecumenical stuff. Um, uh, debating with student societies and um, just being a hopefully a faithful Christian presence around campus. So the obvious first question is how has it been doing the work of a chaplain during a pandemic when you uh, need to stay away from people essentially? How's that been? Yeah, yeah when you the um, one of the things we talk about in, in um, like theological terms around what a chaplain is is like the the role is very often described as somebody who loiters with intent um <laughs> you know it's so it's it's about being a presence and be, you know being around like keeping an eye on what's happening in the uh uh for example in my in my area in the student center being present to people um you know depending on what they're going through being there if you just if you just see something is off or someone if someone just you know needs someone to come alongside them but that has gone from being a wonderful gift you can give the world to like basically suspicious behavior. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, pulling back on that has been very difficult. Um, it's been it's been really tough. I mean, one of the things that has been very affirming is that about ninety percent of the students who I see on a regular basis, who you know, who I would have given weekly sessions, done weekly sessions with, moved online immediately, um, and that's lost out. Um, you know, like you do lose something when you're doing the online conversations. It's not the same as sitting in your office with a cuppa. Um, but the fact that people still want care, still want to be engaged in conversations about life and relationships and love and faith and, and whatever else they, they're going through or experiencing, that's really good. And I was really glad to see that people were still availing of that. And uh, one of the things we tried to shift then to during the summer and going into the new year is we're doing walk and talks. So we can't meet inside. Um, I mean, technically we still could with masks because we're part of the mental health infrastructure and support structure on campus, but we meet people basically for a cuppa um, somewhere, you know, you either bring your own or you get one from a takeaway and then you go for a walk together. And there's something about journeying with people and walking alongside them that I think is creating really cool space for conversation. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people will be at home at the minute though, wouldn't they? I know we have, um, we have a number of people who are due to go to UCD. So, I mean, that's another yeah. level of people just starting. And, uh, 
looking to go uh, from these rural areas into a busy centre like mm. that, a big kind of life change, and they're not getting the, the chances. Um, well, I suppose one, one thing I'm trying to get to the bottom of is sort of what's mm. going on with the young people themselves. Mm. When, when you hear the media at the moment, I hear two things, uh, whether this is right or not, I don't know, but I hear that um, they are being blamed for the spread of the virus, students. The other thing you hear in the media is that they're all extremely anxious. So I wonder from your mm -hmm. point of view, how much truth there is to these two kind of claims that we're hearing regularly. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the great thing about, um, <laughs> The great thing about young adults is that they make, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they make wonderful scapegoats. Yeah. Um, as always, the situation is, I think, more complex than that. Are there probably young adults who are breaking the rules and not taking things seriously? Sure. Yeah. Um, and and I've, I, I don't actually know many people personally. And like, I, I, that hasn't come to me personally. But I mean, I have seen it even walking through Dublin. I, I've seen people in that age demographic who are not making great choices. And so that's, you know, that's true. Um, one of the things that's very difficult is, um, uh, is to, I, I feel like it's to chat to that demographic about well, what are you, what are, you know, what are your alternatives? So for example, it's very easy for me for as you know a married man living in a house with regular income that keeps me above the poverty line where I can work from home. Uh, actually staying home and watching Netflix with my wife for the evening sounds lovely. That sounds like a lovely way to do things. If you're a student who um, uh, just lost their part-time job is paying 900 euro a month for a house in Dublin I mean, sorry, for to, to rent one bedroom in a room in Dublin uh, that you can't afford while continuing to try to study online um, uh, and living with people who, like, you don't know what the choices are that they're making. That's actually a really horrendous situation for a lot of people to be in. They're disconnected from their families, disconnected from their communities. They are, um, uh, the financial system is, is, uh, skewed towards taking advantage of them because the only jobs that are open to them are low wage jobs with low security um, uh, and the property market puts them constantly on the edge of um, not being able to afford accommodation. University is, is increasing constantly in price. So I, I feel re really, really sad for a lot of the university students even and particularly the ones who are trying to be responsible because they're doing absolutely everything and i think sometimes the price that they're paying is higher than you know for example the price i'm paying yeah sure uh what about the anxiety sort of levels are you sensing that they are high is that a generalization as well <laughs> I, I think you only have to look back um in ireland at our history of very serious mental health and addiction issues to know that this it's not like this is a new thing but i think if you're ever going to feel anxious um you know global pandemic is probably probably has the right ingredients for um pushing you in that direction um uh, particularly because it's a domino so um i know that there's a lot of people it's a, it, it's really interesting talking to young people young people about it i find that they're not anxious about getting the virus themselves i actually haven't i have i have not um uh I don't think I've talked to a single person for whom that is the source of their anxiety. The yeah. source of most people's anxiety seems to be is I could pick this up even just doing my normal life. Um, and as a result of that, I could 
be asymptomatic and give it to somebody that I love and be responsible for really serious consequences in their life. And that's the thing that keeps them up at night. So it's not actually a heightened sense of a desire to be protected, but rather a fear that something terrible will happen and they will be responsible for it. And I think that's at the crux of a lot of anxiety that people fear is that, it, it, is that they're supposed to be responsible and they're trying to do the right thing, but but unbeknownst to them, they could actually be the source of somebody else's pain. And I think that's where a lot of, it's actually an, a heightened sense of responsibility for things and um, that also contributes to anxiety rather than um, just a desire for comfort. Yeah, which is a commendable thing as well. I mean, that's where you're looking out of yourself and worried about others, which is important, isn't it? Uh, I want to get to one more thing before we go too long uh, here. And um, uh, when it comes to Christian faith, development mm -hmm. or whatever way you want to put it when it comes to connecting to god how important is that how you know how is that going to help younger people i've had um i've had students kind of seek me out during this time who are actually saying like these are be, these these be students who might have read read or heard me on campus and they've actually approached me looking for a cuppa and saying i want to you know i'm somebody who my faith was important to me at one point in my life or like I grew up in those kind of circles, but now I actually want to delve into it and figure out what I believe and I want to learn more about it. Um, and so you have people, I think the, the, the COVID-19 crisis is actually creating a crisis of meaning, which is maybe making people want to dive deep and say, well, what is life about? What is the world about? I think there are others who, um, we had a fantastic conversation about this with our young adults group a few weeks ago, where we looked at the uh, the impact that the coronavirus is happening in the world and where is God in the midst of the coronavirus. And that was really interesting because it kind of took us in two directions. One is you look at this virus that actually, you know, like in terms of the lethality of this, of this virus, it's not actually that bad. But the problems that it, the, the, the domino effect of it, of like, the way in which it spreads through all of these different things is actually because of unjust systems within our society make that even worse. And it make, means that the poorest and the most, the, those experiencing a lack of justice among us um, are, uh, are most likely to be victims of it. So it's raised all these questions for people who are like, well, what does it mean for God to put the world to rights? And what does it mean for the kingdom of God to be doing that right now? And then there are other people for whom like, I think particularly um, uh, engaging with the spirituality of the mystics, so like contemplative practice, like contemplative prayer, centering prayer, lecture divina, these, um, uh, these ancient Christian practices that help you to be present to the moment, to check in with yourself, to invite the spirit into whatever you're feeling at the moment, if it's anxiety, if it's fear, if it's um, a sense of guilt about a mistake that you've made, those things are only becoming more relevant to people. So I actually think in the spiritual practices, um, uh, they actually can be a crucial part of looking after your mental and emotional health. Um, and those things are often tied you know, really powerfully together. And the and then the other parts that I was talking about, the pursuit of meaning and the pursuit of justice, they also help us try to find, our faith also drives us to find creative ways to serve others in ways that make the world better. And so all of those things together, that, that, that being present to the moment that, and then that, um, uh, the transformation of that that leads to being able to reach out to others in a safe way. So I think there are amazing channels for it. It's just about meeting, meeting young, uh, young people where they're at and inviting and teasing out what they need. The challenge is they may not have language for that yet. And so it's trying to facilitate that conversation. 
Yeah, great. That's really helpful. Thank you very much. I think, I think, I, yeah, I mean, I have found personally that the stripping away of everything mm. and as this goes out, we're into level five and uh, everything has been stripped away again. Yeah. I think you get a much keener sense for, um, for the need for God mm. and the reality of God and the yeah. need of the spirit. And as, as we sort of have a circuit breaker here, um, I think it's a good opportunity for people to, reconnect the circuit between yeah. between us and god and um um yeah i like what you say there about service because i think um when we do get anxious i know i turn in on myself and other people's needs mm. and that tend to vanish or go very yeah. much on the back burner it's amazing how quickly mm. you forget about other people but of course god mm. you know when jesus is asked what the most important of his commandments is he says to love mm -hmm. god and to love your neighbor as yourself which are both outward looking mm -hmm. things. It's really important that we are able to look out of ourselves, but we need, we need God, mm -hmm. I think, to be able to do that well and do that mm -hmm. with the right motivation and, and that. So, yeah. Well, and the fact that that's the lectionary reading for this Sunday, that, you know, that, that actually what, um, that what Jesus says is on these two laws hang all the law and the prophets. So all the cries for justice, all the cries for equality, all the invitations back to the heart of God, they all hang on, love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and so when we view those two things as the linchpins, then, um, then we, at least we have a foundation from which to build. Um, sometimes we can get caught in, in moments like this at the moment saying, how do we continue to be good Church of Ireland people? It's like, well, in the same way that Jesus, you know, that, you know, in Jerusalem without the temple, you would still have come back to those two laws on which everything else hangs. So we've got to go back to what, what Jesus considers to be the definition and the foundation in order to figure out what ministry and Christianity and faithfulness and discipleship look like in COVID-19. Your, um, your students who are starting in university, whether they're um, uh, in UCD or any other ones, check out act3dublin.ie, which is the Anglican chaplaincy team at third level in Dublin, and you can find your chaplain. And if you're one of those going to UCD, um, uh, drop me an email and I'd be happy to meet you digitally um, to chat through what life is going to be like when you return, when you eventually arrive on campus and how we can make that as good a transition for you as possible. Great, brilliant. That's a, that's a good idea. We have a few. So that website will take you to all the chaplains um, in the various all the, places. All the Church of Ireland chaplains in Dublin, yeah. Okay, and we definitely have some UCD people. I know that for a fact. So, all right. Thank you Welcome very much. Welcome to the team, guys. <laughs> Adios.
wonderful that through Christ and in the power of the Spirit that we can pray wherever we are. Uh, and indeed, in a sense, we can pray together even when we are not physically present as we are now. I'm going to lead some prayers. Uh, we're praying for our needs, for the needs of the world, um, particularly today with a focus on our children and young people. I hope you'll be able to join along with me um, and that you'll find it helpful as you pray. The response to the words, Lord, in your mercy, is hear our prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who serve us in any way, including workers who ensure essential services continue, medical staff and carers, family and loved ones, and clergy, youth and children's leaders, and all other ministers who share the truth and hope of God with us. May we too follow Christ in serving others as we have been served. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to protect the health of all people at this time, both physical and mental. Restrain the spread of this virus and cause people to act responsibly out of love for their neighbour. Help those who are especially anxious and stressed to cast their cares upon you in the trust that you care for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for our young people, for whom life is one of change and uncertainty at the best of times, but even more so now. May they each know the reality of Christ, who knows what it is to be human and to grow up, and so approach him for help in times of need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for all those involved in the schools in our communities, that they would feel refreshed and ready to return after their midterm break. Protect students and staff and give them peace so that their time in school is one of happiness and learning. For those worried about exams and the future, give them clear minds and calm to do what they can, trusting in your plans. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you have made us for relationships with others. At this time, help us to build healthy relationships however we can with family and friends. May we keep in touch with those from whom we are separated and treat with respect and understanding those who we feel we need space from. Most of all, may we all find in Christ the friend who understands and loves us more than we even do ourselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In a few moments of silence, we can take this opportunity to make our own personal prayers to God 
remembering especially those known to us who are in any kind of need and those who have asked for our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Those, this time of prayer with a prayer specifically for our young people. Let us pray. God, our Father, we pray for our young people growing up in an unstable and confusing world. Show them that your ways give more meaning to life than the ways of the world, and that following you is better than chasing after selfish goals. Help them to take failure not as a measure of their work, but as a chance for a new start. Give them strength to hold their faith in you and to keep alive their joy in your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, open our ears to hear you, open our eyes to see you, open our hearts to receive you and give us courage to serve you, we pray. Amen. So I hear a few themes coming out uh, from the things that you younger guys have kindly shared with us today. On the more negative side, there's a, a main theme maybe of sort of disconnection. Disconnection from real face-to-face -face contact with others. Disconnection from normal life. School and college are very different with masks and online work. Uh, some are stuck away from home. Other normal activities can't happen at the moment. There was some worry about the virus itself. But interestingly though, just as Scott said in our interview a little while ago, not so much worry for yourself, but worry for others. What if I catch this virus and pass it on to someone in my family? On the more positive side, there was an appreciation, a gratitude for the simpler things in life, more time with family and pets and on the farm. Some of you have even maybe found some relief from anxiety uh, that often comes with the usual breakneck pace of life. And then there's hope, because it's true indeed, with every day that passes, we're one day closer uh, to this health crisis being uh, consigned to the history books. So I want you to ask yourself a question right now and to try and give yourself an honest answer. How are you? Are you feeling shaken by the things that are going on in our world at the moment? Or maybe you're feeling shaken by something else altogether that has nothing to do with COVID-19. Or maybe you're doing your best to look unshaken on the outside. But your outer person is acting as sort of PPE, personal protective equipment for an inner person, an inner you that isn't feeling so well. An inner you that's a bit more scruffy, a bit more raggedy. Now lots of us, if not all of us, know what it feels like to carry stuff on the inside. But can I say that if that inner person is feeling a lot of pain or a lot of stress right now, 
that the best thing you can do is go and find somebody you trust to talk to. Or maybe you don't feel shaken at all. If that's you, I think it's really important that you're aware of those around you who aren't doing so good right now. So whether we feel shaken or unshaken at this time, we all have seasons where we do feel shaken up. And the reason we turn to God is because he is unshakable. In Psalm 46 and verse 1 in the Old Testament in the Bible, it says that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. So no matter what's going on with us, God is like a strong tower, a place of refuge, a fortress where we can go. We can go to him knowing that he's ever present with us, ready to help us in times of anxiety and sorrow and trouble. So he isn't distant. He doesn't need to do social distancing in that sense. God is near to us. And at a time where we can't be near to many, that should be a real comfort. But what kind of God is near to us? Well, Psalm 145 told us earlier, didn't it? The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. So the God of unlimited grace, of deep compassion, of immense patience, of abundant love and mercy is near to each one of us now. No matter if we know it or not, no matter how we're feeling, no matter what's going on, he's near. He cares. And he's someone that we can talk to in prayer. And who better to talk to than somebody filled to the brim with patience and love? So little old you and little old me can actually talk to the one who created the stars in the sky, everything that we see around us. What a thought that is. So that question, where is God in the coronavirus? The answer is he's right there, near, close to you. And what's even better is that we know that this close God actually listens to us and helps those who turn to him. Psalm 145 goes on. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. God is close to us. We can call to him and when we do that, he will hear us and rescue us. So as we endure this season of being disconnected from one another and from normal life, and as we slow down and rethink our priorities, let's make it a priority to reconnect with God uh, this morning, the one who is all about love. And then what? Well, in today's reading that Joshua read, when Jesus is asked, what his most important commandment, his most important instruction to us is, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. So we've been designed by the God of love to be people who love, 
who look out of ourselves, who give of ourselves sacrificially to others. We are to love like God has loved us. And first and foremost, we are to love God himself. That's the only way we're going to really learn what love is and how to love others. And we love God by worshipping him, by praying to him, by trusting in his son Jesus, as we'll see in a minute, and by obeying the things he asks us to do and not to do. Which, of course, means loving people made in his image. Now, if we think about this for too long, we might realise that we have a problem. Because we fail at this all the time. It wouldn't take long for us to realise that. We don't love God a lot of the time. And what that means is we disconnect and distance ourselves from him. We don't love each other a lot of the time. So when we're selfish or unforgiving, or maybe gossipy, or aggressive, or passive-aggressive, or whatever, we distance ourselves from others. We disconnect, we break the circuit between us and the people around us. I think we've learnt this year how difficult and how hard it is and how bad for us it is to be physically disconnected from one another, haven't we? And though we have to do it at the moment for health reasons, socially and mentally and spiritually, it's not very good. And so we need to work hard on becoming like Jesus, the one who did live out this kind of love perfectly. And through the spiritual disciplines that Scott was talking about earlier, like prayer and reading the Bible and eventually coming together to worship in church buildings again, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can start to radiate out the things of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We can radiate those things out into a broken world, even as we stay apart at the moment. But what happens when we do fail at this? The fear of failure, I think, is a huge contributor to anxiety in modern life uh, maybe because we feel like if we make a mistake uh, we're losing at the game of life or maybe we feel that we'll be defined by our mistakes by others but in God's eyes you are more than your mistakes just as if you're filled with worry at the moment you're much more than your worry or your pain this God of love has forgiveness for all those who want it, even those who've done the worst of things. 2,000 years ago, he came really close to us by becoming one of us in Jesus. He lived in this shaky world. He knows what it, it's like. And despite uh, pressures and the difficulties that Jesus faced, he showed us in his daily life how to love. If you read... Uh, in your Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, you'll see that Jesus met with all sorts of people, even people nobody else would go near. And he heals them, he teaches them, he draws them into his kingdom. And ultimately, he shows us what love really is by his death on the cross. Jesus lays down his life for you and for me. He dies for our failures and our mistakes, and all the wrong things that we have done, even the absolute worst of things. 
So when we put our faith in him, we are forgiven. And that circuit between us and God is reconnected uh, forever. So nobody is beyond God's reach. And when we realise just how much we've been forgiven by God, when we re- then we realise how much he loves us. And then we'll be motivated to love others. So if we love only to get something back from others, then it's not really love anymore because we're putting ourselves first. We're thinking about what we can get. If we love expecting to receive love back because we've been loving, then we might end up disappointed. We could even end up very bitter. And eventually, if that happens, we'll give up on loving. But if we simply love and give of ourselves to God and to others, because that's what Jesus asks us to do, then there will be unexpected blessings and restoration in that for you and for those around you. So it's okay to feel shaken if that's what you feel today. God understands and he's near to you and he hears your call. So bring that shakiness to him and he will give you a hand up. If you're not shaken at the moment, we still need to go to God. What can we do for others who might not be feeling so good at the moment? Why not bring that to God in prayer and ask him? So know today that you are perfectly loved by God and you have been made by him out of love to love him and to love others. So though we can't come physically close to one another, God's love is the kind of infection that does need to spread around us all. So we need to find different ways to do it at the moment. But wouldn't it be great if we had a high incidence rate of this love in Cavan and in Ireland at the moment. When we live knowing that we're loved, and when we do our best to live that love out, when the storms come, they may batter us at times, but in Jesus' love, we're strengthened, and we come out the other side. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and soul, and mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. This is the unshakable God's remedy for shakiness and disconnection in an uncertain world. Flood the 
May God keep you in all your days. May Christ walk with you in all your ways. And may the Holy Spirit pour upon you his blessing of hope and love. And may Almighty God drive the darkness from before you and pour upon you his blessing of light and love. Amen. <laughs>